Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for the Feast of All Saints Day is from Revelation chapter 7. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 John chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What is a saint? 
Seems like a fair question since, you know, we're talking about All Saints Day today. So what exactly is a saint? Is it a member of a football team? Hopefully you all realize that that's not what we're talking about. Is it the Roman Catholic idea of a saint? This paragon of virtue and piousness that is up in heaven and can now hear your prayers and grant you miracles? Again, that's not quite what we see in the Bible, not quite what we're looking for. So then, what actually is a saint? To put it simply, a saint is someone who is holy. And perhaps we should talk a little bit about the difference between holiness and piety. We talked about piety, I think it was a week or two ago, where we talked about being pious is simply caring about the things that God cares about and trying to do the things that God wants you to do and not do the things that God doesn't want you to do. But to be holy is to be set aside. To be set aside for something or someone sacred. To be chosen to be different. That is what a saint is. A saint is anyone who God has set aside to make holy. God is, of course, the source of all holiness. He is the one from whom it all springs. And therefore, a saint is simply anyone who God has made holy. Which is to say, all of you. All of you who have heard the word and believed it, all of you who have been cleansed in the waters of baptism, all of you who have partaken of the body and blood of Christ, who have washed your robes in the blood of the Lamb, as it talks about in our epistle reading. You are the saints. So then, where do our works come into play? Of course, hopefully you know that on our own, our works are not holy. They can be pious. They can be things that you are trying to do because you know that God wants you to do it. But, by that alone, does not make it holy. Only someone who has been made holy can do holy works. Therefore, looking at our gospel reading for today, the question is, what is the point of Jesus telling us these things? These are what we call the Beatitudes. The Beatitude simply means good words or good works. Basically, it's a blessing, in fact. And so then, what is the point of these blessings? Is the point to give us a list of things that we're supposed to check off in order to get the rewards that are on the other side? Or is there something deeper there? Is there something more? Listen, and hear again these Beatitudes. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'm going to go through each of these Beatitudes one by one and talk, hopefully briefly, about each of them. And I know that can get a bit lengthy, so please try to stick with me, but I do think it's important for us to understand these, for us to think about these. So, the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here, Jesus does one of those things that he does fairly frequently, and he turns our expectations on their heads. The vast majority of us, and probably actually a fair amount of people in the world, would be perfectly happy to say that being rich materially speaking, with whether you want to talk about wealth or land or whatever, is sort of a neutral thing. It's not evil per se, but it certainly is not good per se. However, at the same time, the vast majority of people in the world and probably almost all of us as well, would actually say that it's better to be rich in spirit than it is to be poor in spirit. And yet, what Jesus says here is that blessed are the poor in spirit. This is not what we would expect our spiritual leader to say to us, perhaps. And yet it goes along well with many of the other various things that he has said. Things like we are to have faith like a child, that we are to be humble like a child, that blessed are the little ones. Jesus does this to us all the time. He always reminds us that, in fact, blessed are those who, who recognize just how poor in spirit we are. Because we are poor in spirit. Every single one of us, no matter how hard we try, fail spiritually. We sin. We mess up. We make mistakes. We don't want to go to church. We don't want to hear the word. All of us do this. And therefore... We are all poor in spirit. Thanks be to God, though, because even though we are poor in spirit, Jesus knew this. And Jesus, in fact, had a plan. That plan involved us receiving the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is quite simply the church. Being under the rulership of Jesus. 
being under his reign and therefore under his care and his mercy. And perhaps most importantly of all, under his cross and therefore under his forgiveness. So that's number one. Second, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Again, Jesus tells us something here that even we as Christians might not expect. Because we usually would not say that it's a good thing to mourn. Or that it's something that we should receive a blessing for. We almost always associate mourning with sadness. Which is true. And this is certainly not saying that we are blessed because we have lost a loved one. Especially on this day when we are going to celebrate those who passed this year. The point here is not that we are blessed because we lost someone. The point here is that we are blessed when we mourn because we know the truth that we shall be comforted. And while this on some levels means just being comforted by the fact that we know that Christ is with us and that Christ is there with us while we're suffering and mourning and missing our loved one, the truth for us Christians is so much deeper than that. Because we will be comforted by those very loved ones when we see them again in heaven. For we shall see those saints again. And therefore, it is quite true that blessed are we who mourn our faithfully departed loved ones, for we shall see them again. Third, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This one goes along quite well with our first one and with those things that I talked about there, about blessed are those who have faith like a child. To be meek is to be humble, but maybe even a little bit more than that, it's to be humble and gentle, or maybe humble and kind. It's to be someone who recognizes where they should be, but also recognizes that everyone else is with them, and that everyone else needs caring for just as much as they do. Those who are meek will inherit the earth. I think we forget sometimes that in the resurrection of the dead, God is going to create a new earth for us after destroying the old one. And that heaven will descend upon this earth and that heaven will literally be on earth. Or earth, or, or earth will be heaven. For eternity, after the resurrection, after judgment day, we will be on earth. We will be walking around and it is the meek who will inherit that earth. Fourth, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Finally, we get one that makes sense. It would make sense for Jesus to tell us that those who hunger and thirst for righteousness would be satisfied. Righteousness is quite simply being right with God, God being pleased with you, being happy with you. And how great a gift that God has given us, that because of what his son did on the cross, those of us who hunger and thirst for that righteousness shall truly be satisfied.
Fifth, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Again, this one makes perfect sense with how Jesus acted in this world. Jesus showed mercy to all, even to people who didn't deserve it. And of course, he shows mercy to us, even though we don't deserve it. If we, too, are merciful, we, too, shall receive mercy. Sixth, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Here, again, this is another one that makes sense for us, one that would resonate with us. But, of course, then we have to ask the question, what does it mean to be pure in heart? We recognize, of course, that Jesus told us that, in fact, it is from the heart that springs all kinds of evil. When he was trying to teach his disciples that it wasn't about what you ate or drank that made you unclean. It was about what came out of you, your words, your actions, your thoughts. And, of course, he teaches us there that on our own, without God, our hearts are evil. So then, what does it mean to be pure in heart? To put it simply, it means that we have been given a new heart, a living heart, one that is not an old, stony, evil one, but one that is beating, living, true, and one that cares about the things that God cares about. Perhaps this is where we can fit in that pious idea, that piety. To care about the things that God cares about is perhaps another way to say that we are pure in heart. And of course, we recognize that that can only be given to us by God. Seventh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Perhaps you've met somebody who's a peacemaker. Somebody who when they walk into the room, everything just seems to settle down. Somebody who you can have a conversation about the most heated topic in the world, but they're going to be calm about it, and you're going to know that when you leave that conversation, they're still going to be friends with you. They're still going to want to talk to you, no matter where you go. These are the people who bring peace with them and share it with all of those around them. And they are called the sons of God. We recognize, of course, that the only way we get to be called sons of God is when that name is placed on us. And we also recognize then, therefore, that all of those who are children of God, which is to say, all of us, will one day be peacemakers. Perhaps not yet today, but the day will come when we shall be like that. Eighth, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Here we see something that goes so strongly against our culture today. The fact that we might be blessed for suffering. And yet we see it time and time again in the Bible, whether it's Jesus saying it here, or Paul saying it in other places, or the apostles celebrating after they've been thrown in prison. 
we see that it is true that those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake will, in fact, receive the kingdom of heaven, will, in fact, be in the church, for that persecution can serve as a purifying fire to strengthen your faith. Ninth, blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This fits in quite well with the eighth. It is true that when you are persecuted, sometimes it's not even because of anything you did. Sometimes it's simply because someone associated you with Christ. And when that happens, you can rest secure in the truth that is spoken here, that your reward will be great in heaven, that you will receive the kingdom, and that, in fact, you already have the kingdom. For that's what they did with all of the saints who came before you, so you shouldn't be surprised that they do it for you. So then, why are you blessed? Maybe as we were going through that list, you were able to check off a few of them. Maybe you do have an awareness of how sinful you are, and therefore you are poor in spirit. Maybe you are kind of a peacemaker. Maybe you are a guy who comes in, or a girl who comes in and makes peace with the people around you. Maybe you have been persecuted for your faith. But you probably didn't get all of them, did you? You probably weren't able to put all of the checks and therefore you're not sure if you get all of those rewards that are being offered there. But I do wonder, what then do these Beatitudes tell us about our God? What does it tell us that our God cares about? Other than, of course, that he cares about those who are poor in spirit, those who know their sin. That he cares about those who are mourning their loved ones, those who have to deal with death which never should have happened. That he cares about those who are meek and gentle and kind. That he cares about those who are hungering and thirsting for his righteousness. That he cares about those who are merciful that he cares about those who are pure in heart, that he cares about those who are peacemakers, that he cares about those who are persecuted for his sake. But of course, it also tells us that he is all those things. Jesus was poor in spirit. Jesus was mourning for those he cared about. Jesus was meek. Jesus hungered and thirsted for our righteousness. Jesus was merciful. Jesus was pure in heart. Jesus is a peacemaker. Jesus is persecuted for his sake, for righteousness' sake. So then, how do we receive the benefits of all of these, even if we don't fit in with all of those categories? Thanks be to God that he knew that, that he had a plan. Christ is the source of all holiness and all blessings. 
And because Christ was all of those things, he therefore received all of those blessings. Because Christ cared about you. Because he died on the cross for your sin. He earned all of these things for you. And gives all of these things to you. He does this when you were washed clean in the waters of baptism. When you heard the word and believed it. When you partake of the body and blood of the Son. So then, blessed are you. For Christ has given you the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you. For Jesus has comforted you. Blessed are you, for the Son has given you his inheritance, that is, the earth. Blessed are you, for Christ shall satisfy your hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are you, for Jesus is merciful and shall give you mercy. Blessed are you, for the Son is God and you shall see him. Blessed are you, for Christ has called you a son of God. Blessed are you, for Christ was persecuted as you will be, and he has given you the kingdom of heaven. And finally, blessed are you, for though you will be reviled here and persecuted here, your reward in heaven will be great. For Christ... The source of all holiness has made you his saints, has paid for your sins, and has given you his blessings. Therefore, along with all the saints who have come before us, may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.